I'm having a goddamn blast on tour with this Big Mouth and a Small Town tour. So I've added some dates and wanted to let you know where I'm headed next. Uh, yeah, March 14th, I will be in Lakeside, Arizona. And then the 15th and 16th, I'm finally coming to Tucson. So if you're in Tucson, I'm coming to Laughs Comedy Cafe. Get your tickets. We're going to have a good time. My good friend Noah Koffer will be featuring at those shows. He'll also be with me the following weekend when I come to Grand Rapids, Michigan. Dr. Grins, I cannot wait to see you guys again. Those are always some of my favorite shows, and I'm sure this year will be no exception. And then I am headed up to my home state of Alaska for the Alaska Before You Die Fest. Anchorage, you better not fucking sit on these tickets. They're going fast. There's a few left. Uh, April 5th, I will be doing shows at the Gumbo House. It's downtown. I'm doing an early and a late show, one night only. It's an intimate venue, so tickets are limited. It's going to be out of control. If you've come to my show at Coots before, you know how fun they are. This venue is so much better for comedy. I can't even explain it. Just get fucking tickets. These shows are going to be wild. And then on the 6th, I'm headed down to Homer. Homer, Alaska. I am coming, performing there for the first time. Alice's Champagne Palace. And then on the 7th, I will be in Seward, Alaska. So Anchorage, Homer, Seward. We're having a goddamn good time. I'm going to come kill at all those shows because I'm a fucking Alaskan assassin. Am I sorry I said that? I don't know. Listen. Dayton, Kentucky, 12th of April. If you are in the Cincinnati-ish area, Dayton, Ohio, Dayton, Kentucky, this is your chance to see me at a really cool new venue called the Commonwealth Sanctuary. And then I am headed to Portland, May 3rd. I'm headlining the Rip City Comedy Festival. I will be at McMenamin's Mission Theater. You guys, this is a cool theater. We want it to be packed out because, of course I want it to be packed out, but also like, Let's have a goddamn good time in this nice, beautiful theater. So come to that. It's going to be a hell of a time. I can't wait to come back to Portland. And then Wisconsin. I'm headed back your way. But this time I'm coming to Janesville, May 17th and 18th. Green Bay on the 19th. And then what up, Florida? St. Pete, Tampa. I'm coming your way. Uh, Tampa, I will be there June 2nd. And St. Pete, um, they're ahead of that, uh, May 31st. Tampa, I'm at Side Splitters. And if you go to the links in all of my bios or go to their website to get tickets, for a limited time, you can use the code JMS and get $5 off tickets. And wherever you are, I'm trying to get people to buy tickets early instead of waiting to the last minute and making me panic so that if it is going to sell out, it sells out faster so that I know that, the club knows that, maybe we can add a second show. Just FYI, that helps every artist that you're a fan of. So if you can ever buy ASAP, go ahead and do that. Uh, So that's your incentive to buy early in Tampa. And uh, uh, I'll be adding more dates soon. If you did not hear your town, but you want me to come there, head over to my Instagram, instagram.com slash jmscomedy or just at jmscomedy if you're using the app like most of us. Uh, click the link in my bio, join my email list. That lets me know where you guys are so I know what areas want to come see me. Uh, so do that. I can't wait to get to more cities. I'm having so much fucking fun on the road. You guys have been amazing. People have been buying merch. These audiences have been out of control, good, just electric, laughing, having a blast. And I know all these upcoming shows are going to be no exception. So I will see you there jmscomedy.com slash shows to get your tickets. Tell your friends. Tell your enemies. We're going to have a fucking good time either way. So thanks for listening to this little promo. Enjoy this episode. Ta-ta, idiots.
What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. What kind of ignorant shit is that? At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. You idiot, you fool! Hey, dummy! This is the Ignorance is Blessed podcast. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. Hey, idiots. Welcome to another episode of Ignorance is Blessed. It's me, Jessica Michelle Singleton. I'm a stand-up comedian. I'm your host, and I'm an idiot. We're all idiots sometimes, and that's why we're here. Listen, I know I tried for a couple episodes to do this generic intro thing, but uh, it just doesn't feel right having that. And I'm fucking sorry to the two or three guests that just got the generic intro where I was like, you'll get it all in the episode. It just didn't feel the same, so here we are. I'm back. I'm going to introduce your guests with the whole thing before I bring them in. And uh, and I'm really excited for this one. I just want to give a couple updates to life or whatever. There's some links in the show notes. If you want to, uh, I've, I've got these great daily vitamins I've been taking that are gummies. And I've been way better about taking my vitamins. Who knew? Uh, adults are also children. And if you turn their vitamins into candy, they're more likely to take them. But uh, it's this company called Groons. And they uh, there's a whole, they're really great. But they gave me, they're not officially sponsoring anything but they gave me a discount code for you guys. So if you've been looking for a multivitamin, that code will get you 45% off and they're gummies. So it comes in a nice little pack. So they're really like good to travel with. You can just take, you know, three packs if you're taking a weekend trip somewhere or whatever. Uh, Also, I have been doing school of thought. If you follow me on Instagram, which I really wish you would, if you don't at JMS comedy, you've seen my stories, bitching about it, talking about it, celebrating it, depending on the day. Uh, it's uh, Stacia Patwell, former guest of the show. She was on the Top 40 Countdown. You might remember if you listen to that. It's her fitness program, and you can do it from anywhere. Uh, it's it's all via Zoom, and she's got a new one starting at the first of the year for all those resolutioners. You know, if you're like, this is the year I get in shape. And she's doing a program for women, which she's been doing, but she's also doing a program just for men. Uh, so, And her husband, Andres, who she lives in Greece with, He's always the background fitness model now. She used to have other like female comics in L.A. go do the workouts, but now it's him. But he's also a certified personal trainer. So I, I don't know that he's specifically involved in any other capacity other than doing the workouts. But just so you know, she's got a male personal trainer there, you know, who I'm sure she doesn't need her work check. She's a fucking expert. But if it makes you feel better to see another man participating, there you go. So uh, at all levels, she has had women who are in shape come get in better shape. She's had women who, uh, you know, haven't exercised in a while and really need to get back on track or are starting an exercise program for the first time. Uh, And it's not just exercise, it's nutrition. She gives you a whole, like, layout of a diet and, like, things to do and sample meals. And honestly, my energy has never been better. It's helped my confidence. She also makes you do... These mantras that a lot of us are, you know, you're like, this is fucking bullshit. I'm saying positive bullshit, but it works. And it's helping not just my physical health, but my mental health. And School of Thought is a sponsor of my upcoming Big Mouth and a Small Town Tour. So I'm going to be doing it all over the road. And you can do it too and get $50 off for either of those programs. Those are both linked in the show notes. Um, And I'll plug one more thing. And sorry to be doing this to you guys. I just want, I want to get all the info out. It's hard to, it's hard to like, get all this out and I self-promotion is fucking not really self-promoting so I guess that's a good thing um I mean 
it would also be a good thing if I was better at self-promotion. I think a lot of people would argue. But that's neither here nor there. Listen, I've been doing these semi-barely regular episodes on Fridays, and they've been solo episodes. And I'm thinking that I'm going to add – I said this in the Instagram story recently on the – at Ignorance is Blessed, where I'm trying to get better at posting clips. I – you know, I was doing – I tried to change the format, and then I was like, I miss – the interview style of learning things. So we came back home, but I think what I'm going to do for those to signify to you guys, uh, you know, that it's a solo, that it's going to be more like talking shit, being silly, bitching versus learning about someone new in an interview. I'm going to use the FFS music to intro those. I would love your opinion on that. If you think that's completely unnecessary or whatever. I just thought, you know, I know how I listen to podcasts where sometimes I'm on a long road trip or a flight and I've just got the feed going and um, I know that people probably have preferences. I know I have preferences when I listen to podcasts to the types of episodes if they have two different types. So that way you can immediately know from from moving forward. I'm not going to go back and change the old ones. I simply would love to tell you that, but I would be lying and I need to not overcommit. Uh, that way, if you're listening, if you really just want the interviews or you really just want the solo ones, you hear immediately, you know, if you hear the, what you just said is, the, then you go, okay, this is an interview. And then if you hear the do, 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 you'll know this is a, either, maybe not a solo. I may eventually, maybe that will be the outlet for, cause I, I have comics I want to talk to, but I'm always like, well, what, what's the topic we can latch on to? And maybe that'll free me from that for when I do want to introduce you to a friend, I can just kind of have them on and we can shoot the shit. Cause those were fun. I know I, I you guys also enjoyed the FFS ones. I just wanted to to bring back this and then thought oh maybe there's a world where we you know it's all here so that'll make it easier for you to know those are only on audio right now but here's what I'm gonna do right now I have let me see 200 something I think two something I'm not gonna look I was gonna look it up um reviews on the podcast on Apple iTunes um and significantly less on Spotify, but I see you guys listening. So if you're on Spotify, please take a second and just hit those stars. Give it a little rating. Um, I would walk you through how to do that, but I don't remember. So, And also take a look on if you're on another app. If there's some other app you're on listening, I don't know, but if you would take a second and poke around and see if there is a way to review it, all of that helps. I mean, it doesn't just help, by the way, my me be like, people like me. The algorithm and the apps notice when people are reviewing a lot and then you start to get bumped up in, you know, the recommendations, et cetera, et cetera. And I would love, you know, to get on the, you know, the Apple list of podcasts you should check out and stuff like that so that more people can learn about all of these interesting guests we're having. Uh, So here's the thing. If we can get to 500 reviews on iTunes, I will start. And look, if we don't, we don't. But I'll start doing the solo ones on video. Um, I don't know if that's anything anyone even wants. A lot of you might be like, no, I wish I could see less of you, honestly. Uh, do less. Um, <laughs> but, that yeah, that's going to be my thing. That way I'm not overdoing shooting for no reason. And I'm still growing the YouTube. So if you if you like to watch podcasts, I do put the interviews out there. This interview is out there. Uh, and they go live earlier before than the audio. So I, dr- I have the interviews premiere at 5 p.m. Little sneaky secret 
uh, 5 p.m. East, not Eastern. Where do I live? Whatever. It's 5 p.m. Pacific on Tuesday evenings. And it's a live premiere, so if you want to get in there and chat with other people, you can. And speaking of chatting with other people who are part of the podcast, we got a podcast group. Uh, Ignorance is blessed idiots on Facebook. Look it up. I just made a Facebook page for the podcast. So if you really want to like show support, go to that. I'm probably just for now. I, I don't know. I might. Up, I don't know. I have to figure out how to utilize that, but that's there. That's ne- It's neither here nor there. Through my Facebook page, facebook.com slash jmscomedy, you can find the group if you have trouble with the search bar, because some people do. And that is that about all of the housekeeping. And I'm excited for the new year. I'm excited for a lot of guests. And I was just going to start babbling about how I'm excited that I got a little 0.1% better with prioritizing some work stuff this week. But that is for a solo episode for another time. Because this week, we have a rad-as-fuck guest. Now listen, you guys know sometimes I bring on people who are heavy topics. We're talking religion. We're talking uh, genocides and uh, the experience of uh, uh, being on the receiving end of racism or uh, you know, coming out as transgender. And then we have episodes where it's like, this is just fucking cool. This person does cool shit. And this is an awesome thing. And this is one of those episodes. Uh, You guys, my guest this week is Nate Martin. He is the CEO of Puzzle Break. Uh, Affectionately, he's known as the founding father of escape rooms. That's what he is called because he brought escape rooms to America. Uh, And we talk about it. We talk about the starting. We talk about having to pivot and what pandemic did. We talk about the future of escape rooms. Uh, and if you are a dork like me, you fucking love escape rooms. We talk about the competitiveness and how they measure them and how they determine, you know, what, you know, how do you, you know, rank or, you know, how how hard it is to determine what is a, quote, easy escape room because it varies from person to person. And honestly, I just found out that there's an app where you can look up escape rooms. And I'm not going to say what it is because I don't know if that steps on. Yeah, who knows if it's... Because they can fucking sponsor me. I, but, like, I, I want to get them to sponsor me. So where you can just, like, look and find escape rooms and things near you. Uh, he, he's just, uh, beyond doing something cool, he's a rad dude. The conversation was fun. We had a lot of silly moments. He was easy to talk to. And we just vibed. And I'm such a nerd for escape rooms. Also, if you are, or if you have done one, like, if you're in one of the cities I'm coming to this year, let me know about a cool escape room. I'm fucking down for the cause. I will go to an escape room in every city that I can. Th- dude, an, like a story combined with a puzzle? Mwah, my favorite fucking things. I literally, it's honestly sick how much I love like a little pocket logic puzzle book. Anyway, uh, I could go on and on, but I'm going to let my guests go on. You're going to love this episode. I loved this episode. Without further ado, please enjoy the delightful Nate Martin. Hey, idiots. I'm here. I'm back. I forgot to uh, warn my guests that I call my listeners idiots, but there you go. Um, You guys, I have a very exciting guest with us today. I know some of you who are in the Facebook group, don't forget to join so you can hear who's coming on soon, uh, are also very excited about this guest. Uh, Please welcome to the show the founding father of Escape Rooms, Mr. Nate Martin. Hi, Nate. How are you? Hey, how you doing to you and to the idiots? 
Yay. I'm so good. And it's so good to have you. Um, I'm so excited. and I have so many questions. So I'm kind of just like geared up and want to dive in and ask you a million. We're, we'll get to all of them more. It's gonna be super awesome. Um, well, first of all, let's just start off with, so you are a co-founder CEO of puzzle break, which was the first American escape room company. Um, my mind is just blown. I'm a big dork for escape rooms. I'm too competitive. Oh, that's so wonderful to hear. I mean, it's um, it's a miracle I haven't lost friends over my uh, the aggression with which I want to win escape rooms. <laughs> um, and it's probably just more of a testament to my overall need to escape from things in general. But um, I want to start with this. We're okay. Were escape rooms a thing at all when you came up with them? Or did you um, bring them to America? So, uh, kind of all of the above. So, um, you can draw a straight line backwards from all modern escape rooms uh, to certain types of video games all the way back to the 1970s. Um, these are, the, they have several kind of, they didn't look exactly the same. They certainly didn't have any kind of graphics. They were called different things like MUDs, multi-user dungeons games like Adventure, um, all the way through the graphical point-and-click adventures of the 90s that I kind of grew up with. And they weren't escape rooms, but you were doing the same thing that you do in escape rooms, like in games like Myst and Grim Fandango and and a lot of these games in in that time. And so these were like my favorite thing ever for a lot of years. Uh, And then I fast forward, we can come back to this. I was a software executive and I did not love my job very much. (laughs) And um, then uh, kind of caught wind of, hey, like in in Japan and uh, Budapest of all places, they're like, they are doing these video games in real life, like in basements. And I was like, that sounds so cool. Um, (laughs) That would go so well in Seattle. Like I went to college in Seattle and I'm in Seattle now. And I was talking to my friend and future co-founder is like, like somebody should, oh, it's going to do so good. If somebody would have put this in Seattle, we weren't thinking about like an American revolution or anything, but like this doesn't <laughs> exist here. You were just like, we so should do like, just one here. Yeah. And honestly, I was like, frankly, for me, like, I don't, this isn't even for business or to even get out of my job. Like, I just want to play something like that. So were you kind of uh, like, oh, maybe we could just do this with friends or something? Well, we were like, we're going to, we're going to make this kind of like a, I don't know, a, like a half-assed business for <laughs> lack of a better, like, Okay. Uh, thing. And so we're like, well, go to Craigslist. How much does rent cost for a place <laughs> to put in an escape room? We don't know. Uh, and um, in the Capitol Hill neighborhood of Seattle, which is basically the coolest place, uh, like there's this <laughs> windowless basement. No one would ever want this space for anything. It was super affordable. <laughs> Surprise. We're like, yeah. And I mean, my future co founder were like, yeah, why don't we just we'll see what we'll do? And then, like, quote unquote, the rest is history. Man, and so what? This was like 2013, 2014. 2013, yeah. Man, a windowless basement. Uh, man. Oh, super humid. Just like like we walked in, like what was here? Who on earth would want this space? And they're like, and now you don't it's a different. <laughs> yeah, but like then it, it was kind of hard to find. You have to pass by like underground bookstores that don't even have signs. It was super weird. Communist newsletter, like our next door neighbor. It was. Oh amazing. wow. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, did that kind of was there a theme for this one? Did that like. Did having all so, that weird stuff around it kind of add an allure, you feel like? Oh, it super did. And kind of the thing was, our first theme was, it was all astronomy 
based. Yeah. Um, but like in keeping to like we there's no I mean, now they're kind of are, but like there's no like how to start an escape room business like this didn't even exist. Yeah. So we just were figuring out as we go. We made a ton of mistakes. So we kept the theme a secret. The, the, I was like, come to this escape room. Like people don't even, don't even know what that is. And then uh-huh. like the, it would reveal itself to be like, oh, the answer to that puzzle is astronomy related. What are you working on? I bet it's astronomy related. And like it would reveal oh, itself. So now, it you can't like get away with that now. No, yeah. it's no, you have to sell what it is. People. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how you got away with tricking people into coming to a basement. No, no, no. Just come. You'll figure it out. Yeah. No one knew it in escape This is the thing was. in Europe. It's the hottest thing. Give me $30. Yeah, people are like I went to Berlin once. Let's find out what happens. <laughs> um, that's that's exciting. I love this. Um, I need. I want to ask. Uh, what was it like? Those in- initial like when you launched the escape room, trying to explain escape rooms to people when they weren't a thing. Oh my god! It was, I. Even to this day, frankly, you know, we've been at this for 10 years. I'm an elder statesman. I got my foot half out the door. I can't do a great job of this. And you think I could. It's just, <laughs> you know, it's you're going to say kind of now as I did then, you're going to be uh, finding clues, solving puzzles, which reveal more clues and more puzzles and ultimately a final puzzle to escape the room. And like now there's all sorts of wonderful uh, narratives of you're trying to defuse a bomb or complete Save a heist. From, yeah, yeah, exactly. And but then it was like we are locking this door, and <laughs> good luck getting out. getting out of the room. And I think that might have been part of the allure. And yeah, I really truly like we were putting up flyers, and they were very mysterious. Is just I think that was like it was in keeping with the vibe of, I would say, both the Capitol Hill neighborhood of Seattle, but just what young people were doing is like, what the hell is that? That sounds so cool. I don't know what that is. Let's grab some friends and do it. And yeah, that initial thing was hard, but it it worked. It obviously worked. Yeah, that's um, that's so funny. Uh, man, were, well, you mentioned like, you know, you obviously had to trial and error through it. Is there anything that sticks out now that like you tried that was a really bad idea that you could never make work? Oh man, that is a really good question. Um, There's like, what leaps to mind are a lot of the business decisions that I made over the years. I have no formal training in, (laughs) I don't have an MBA. uh, My background is in software, in video games. So I made all manner of blunder uh, and pivots from a a business side. As for like the game side, we... um, the things I, at this point, I have played personally as a super fan of this a little over 500 escape rooms in over a dozen countries. Mm-hmm. And I have seen a lot of like, this doesn't work, or oh my God, this works so well. Yeah. Have you seen stuff so, that you're like, oh, I never would have thought of that? That's great. Uh, well, yeah. So, like, what kind oh, my, my go to thing? I just love this so much is when you go to Europe, there's just no safety standards. And I like, I don't know what, like, <laughs> I did want like, to maybe there are and they're just not like, enforced. Yeah. <laughs> but like uh my my absolute favorite um arc of anything that I've ever played and this is super old now. I don't even know if it's still around and like there's a lot of a lot of also great stuff. But it it mirrored the um uh the journey of of uh dying. Like you start off in like a ambulance situation. Whoa. And and then like you go to hell. And then <laughs> like you escape hell and then you're in heaven. It's like, this is also not good. And then you escape and, and 
it, come back. Whatever. But the, the that first transition to from the ambulance to the second chamber is a um I don't know the term, but like in a morgue when they have the drawer and your oh, body's in there. Oh yeah, like a mortuary. You yeah, morgue. you physically get in there and c- like close in, and then like it it like gets you to, and like any any one iota of that like a fire marshal in the United States will execute you. But like, oh, we're, yeah. we're just doing it. You'd and actually always... go to hell. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. so funny. It's also, I feel like, did you, going into a situation like that, because I feel like if I went to an escape room like that, I feel like I'd have the thought of coming from having done, you know, probably, very, you know, American ones. Like, I think maybe we're supposed to go in here, but that seems like, can't be what we're supposed to do. Yeah, no, and and you talked about like ending friendships. You usually got somebody on your team that's like, out of the way, nerds. I'm getting into that coffin right now. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and if like, it's if not it's right, not... just leave me in there to die. Exactly. So like, it's, <laughs> it's good energy. Ah, uh, I mean, it's so fun. Did you feel like um a lot of your experience in software? So you were specifically working in video games before. Uh, yeah, I went to college. Uh, to at the DigiPen Institute of Technology and five viewers of this know what that is. It's a video game college. But then I, I kind of, then I was in electronic arts and I, it, was, it wasn't very fun. But yeah, uh, the, the, to kind of step on your question, um, I am not the primary or not the, it's my co-founder that is the primary creative force. And oh, wow. she, um, she comes from a background of uh, her, She's a PhD in classics and stories from out throughout the ages. Oh wow! And so I, I, I'm um, like the guardrails, I okay. suppose. Of, she wanted, she needed your technical. She's like, we, we make, we, we make a, a very. That sounds good, like a great team. Someone. It really is. It really is. And, understanding um, strategy th- a lot, and then someone with like the idea for big arcs and. There's, there's no way that um, we would have had a fraction of the success like on our individual own without. Oh yeah, without uh, each other. Together. Um. When you first got into, before escape rooms, when you first got into the video game world, like what what motivated you to take that route? And was it what you thought it would be? It sounds like it wasn't, but. <laughs> well, so I don't know. I, the, 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 here I, I speak with a professional comedian who followed your dreams and just gone into like the, the great unknown. And just yeah. truly, there is, I don't know if there is the a escape better, room of life, <laughs> a, be, a better like example of like, fuck it all. I am just going into yeah, and doing what I want. I had a very um, uh, pragmatic, like, I remember I was in like 10th grade and there was some consumer reports magazine that showed in front of my desk and it was like the highest paying. <laughs> I'm uh, sorry. I just thought the idea of a 10th grader being like, I'm reading the consumer report. I don't, what, what was going on? This is a great, <laughs> yeah, I have no idea. <laughs> and it was just by a sort of my college major, what is the year expected, like starting salary and like salary after 10 years, computer science was like number one or number two. I was, I enjoyed programming in like the one class. I went to a tiny uh, high school in Pennsylvania. I was like, I like this. I like video games. You can program video games. And it's like number two on the salary list. That's great. Me up. Sorted. I will like, that's what I'm, my career is going to be. And turns out I'm actually quite bad. At programming, <laughs> I went to college like pretty inflated. Like, You're like boy, did I, that HTML really put me on a high horse? Oh my gosh, yes, you were there. So, um, <laughs> like, I'm, I'm like, this is, this is fun, this is good, and like, my college was really hard, at least at the time. And I went to school with just these absolute murderers, and I looked around and be like, maybe not for me. <laughs> uh, and like, I went into um, product management basically, and I was an executive there. But um, 
yeah, it turns out I'm not the best programmer. It was a product manager. That was fine. But then like when the escape room thing came along. Well, it's, it's when like, you find is... something you're like really excited about, it changes. Right. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And, and it I takes some people to, tell you that. to do that. Yeah. It's like, I felt very lucky that I knew what I wanted to do. And then it took me a while to go, oh, I could actually like try to do that, which was still insane. But for some people, they're, you know, it's like, it, it kind of shows itself to you. And it's cool that, that this. Yeah, but no, make no mistake. It was just, I, I, I remember like even how that table looked and being like, great, I don't have to worry about life ever again. I've just got this all sorted. And <laughs> it was like, I don't know. If I hadn't seen that article, who the hell knows? I'm yeah. I'm thank goodness you did. It maybe led you to this, which I'm a big it fan worked out. of. Oh, for sure. Do you um? Oh crap! Damn my ADHD. Have you ever done an escape room you couldn't get out of? Oh yeah. And now we're at the point. And this is uh, again. There's elements of inflated self worth here, but <laughs> um, there are certain games out there that uh, are famously difficult. Are there any that uh, nobody has escaped from? I don't know. I mean, I'm sure that they exist, but like they wouldn't be commercially viable. Like yeah. going back to like the like mistakes, I know that for a minute there, there was a, a model where people would design really, really hard escape rooms and customers would come in inevitably fail. The idea being that the customer would be so invested in the experience that they back. would pay and come back and like get through the halfway thing. And this I guess, quote unquote, makes sense because our business model is such a weird one that you can do our experiences kind of once and then yeah, that's and it. Yeah, and you're like, well, that's that. But yeah, for the most part, whenever I play a room, me, and I can't get out, it's usually pretty over-tuned or not tuned properly or just frankly not a very good room. There yeah. are probably exceptions, but it's, it, it, I guess, decreasingly common as I have my level of experience, which certainly starting out, like this is a learned skill. It's not really yeah. commentary on how smart you are. It's commentary on how like much yeah, you've it's a done. Certain, it's almost like a muscle. Yeah. It's yeah. like you're developing a specific skill because you can mm -hmm. feel yourself even in one escape room, in my experience, like you kind of feel yourself like starting to get it. And you're like, Oh, okay, oh yeah. The very first one, if we could all go back, be like, what the hell is this? Is this like this paint splotch a clue like you just have no frame of reference but then yeah, you're like no it's just an old basement and that's there it's a windowless basement yeah and i wonder how many people went into your escape room and were like oh god am i gonna die in here and they're like was this a trick and they're harvesting it's, organs uh jessica that is a non-zero number you're discussing <laughs> um do you are like did you how much of the design of escape rooms did you have a hand in um, it varies. Or how many uh, of them, I guess. Oh, uh, well, over the years, we've done dozens. Okay. Um, and like, do you guys get brought in to consult on other ones? We sometimes. Uh, okay. my my rates are pretty high, so that's it's we, we well one famously we do um a lot of escape rooms on Royal Caribbean cruise ships. I don't know if oh. that revealed itself in your research, but uh, um, I love that's that. a that's a big huge thing of like the. Puzzle Break was our show, but whenever you do a room on a cruise ship, like that's a that's a team of of dozens or hundreds working on all sorts of components. Oh, that's fun. Um, yeah, and so for like that, I play we play a much smaller role of a much larger thing. Uh, but yeah, my best I guess uh, description of my role is as I say guardrails, where um, when you get people who are really passionate about the audio, or really passionate about the story, or really passionate about the physical builds. Um, and then they go crazy in a way that I know is not going to yeah, be a service to in. the experience. Yeah, exactly. And then, uh, so I guess, um, 
Dr. Buzzkill is. I was just going like to say, so you're the fun police. I really kind of am in a way that is perverse, but you know, is necessary. <laughs> like As I most love your kills Yeah. Yeah. It's going to fail. Mm-hmm. You need to uh, tie, yeah, just pull back a little. And like, and that's, and, and you know, that's not easy messaging to send of like, oh man, I love where your head's at, but like, that's a terrible idea. And let me tell you why. Yeah. And you're like, but let me just give you the evidence. Cause you want your room to succeed. Are there, is there like a, or has there ever been talks about there being a, um, like a rating system in terms of the difficulty? Do people like slap those on just at their own regard? Uh, yes and yes. This it's great. This is, I mean, we have um, with respect to the uh, time of your viewers, limited amount of time. But like this by itself uh, should be studied because, <laughs> like, movies started at one point. George Miller, how you pronounce his name, invented movies, and then at one point, movie criticism came about. And like, what the hell does that look like? Oh, God. We're in the wild friggin' west of. There are critics out there that are just not really full time. They're not writing for the Chicago Sun Times. These are just not. super fans. Yeah. But like they're super fans. And so you often like it's super valuable, interesting thing to read this person's take on this or this person's take on this. But sometimes you don't want to know what Roger Ebert thinks about a movie. You want to know what like your buddy thinks about the movie. But there is yeah. no Rotten Tomatoes. There is it's it's all coming together as escape rooms continue to grow. Um, but I don't know if you experience this as a, um, a sole proprietor of a of a, a subjective product. Yeah. But criticism is hard to like digest and. Oh, like... I hate it. Oh, <laughs> yeah. it's so painful. So you know, we I I per- subjectively do my best to you know pay attention to feedback and integrate these things. Uh, of course. But it's it's a whole thing to to hear it I from guess, all different angles i'm sure yeah and exactly it's so subjective it, it it really truly is and sometimes there's nuggets of truth it's, it'd be very very hard to hear um and again it's coming from very disparate sources of super fans that have never thought about how to message these things all the way through people who fancy themselves the next um roger ebert and are in fact very very good at what they do, but like there is no standardization or anything like that and like what this is going to look like and not even 10 years, but like three years is crazy to think about. Yeah. And that's so funny. Cause that's like, my next question is like, what does the future look like? But also I, I just want to comment on that, that it's because of the, I mean, the subjectivity of an escape room, because it's like, in theory, I would assume you're trying to appeal to like any and all people who would enjoy this kind of experience. But then, I mean, to call something easier, hard is such a personal when it's dealing with like logic and puzzle solving, it's like, well, what's hard to me, it might be easy to somebody else. Or what, when I'm like, well, this is such an easy room. And then someone's like struggling and like, I don't know any of the answers. It's, it's so, I mean, you're completely right. And then yes. And how do you rate goodness of something? I mean, then yeah. this goes to everything of like somebody in your audience be like, uh, this is the funniest person that I've ever seen. Uh, versus another in the super valid, but then another person with a different background, a different value system, and different Being like I hate sense it. of humor. Be like, oh, she is the worst, and yeah, and she's ugly. Those are mine. Yes. That's my yeah, exactly. There's a lot of that. You're like, well, I don't think we needed to say that, but thank you for the feedback. Yeah, I was like, this is a really good escape room, but I can detect that the people working there were very terrible people who don't look very good. Yeah, but I didn't like how ugly the staff was. I mean, <laughs> two stars. 
I well, I know it's like, is it would it should it be a star system? Should it be a two no and locks? Yeah, uh, yeah, and like there's there's lots of blogs out there kind of trying to establish something, but this is kind of where I reach my limit of it. it used to be back in the first years, I had um absolute comprehensive understanding. I knew everyone in the business. I knew every game uh, that existed and when they added new games and I knew all of this stuff, but wow. it has grown beyond what one it's person exploded. can reasonably have. Yeah, exactly. So my, I guess- Do you have any my, idea how many escape rooms there are? Sorry to interrupt you. Uh, no, no, thousands. Um, there was a, certainly a big contraction with COVID um, and some uh, consolidation. Uh, but like things are rebounding more quickly than I anticipated, more quickly than a lot of people anticipated. So we're growing again. But no, that's, I guess, the point. Like, how many escape rooms are there? That's not a number that you can easily find. Like, you have to go to some of these blogs to be like, yes, I've manually tracked this. There's nothing, which yes. is crazy for something like this. Yeah. To just like go from, you know, one little thing in Seattle to be like, we have no idea how many there are or. And, and how would we even find that beyond like just counting and calling numbers? That's absolutely bonkers. Yeah. And it's, yeah, because you, it's, I mean, even the information that's out there, be, like you said, because of COVID, which we should definitely talk about. It's what's popped up new, what went away. When COVID hit, were you like, oh, shit? Yes. I was on, <laughs> I was on a couch on the other side of this wall, like on my phone, looking at like the governor shutting everything down, being like, okay, well, this is a bit of a bummer. Like and we had a good run. <laughs> we, yeah, it's like, what's, well, so for us specifically, and we can uh, build on this or quickly move on, uh, more than most, uh, my company, Puzzle Break, did a lot of corporate business, uh, which is a whole separate conversation. But we really leaned into that because that's where a lot of our revenue was from. Yeah. And one of the things that we did well before COVID were portable escape rooms. You got a big old company meeting and you can't possibly fit in my well, we were out of the Capitol basement at this point, but you can't come with your company meeting to one little thing. So we would go and and take these scalable things that were playable. Take by, over a conference room or yeah, or, or or um like a hotel ballroom or right. um, a stadium stuff like this. So it would scale up or down. COVID happens, we're like, okay, well, this is a Kafka esque nightmare. Uh, <laughs> why don't we try um taking one of the the portable experiences? It, had, it, it it could go online pretty easily. We could spend probably like a day or two converting this into something that people could do over Zoom. Ooh. And so March, I want to say March 16, 2020, that was D-Day. Yeah. Uh, and by April, one month later, we had launched our first virtual oh. escape room. Wow. Um, but we had this huge head start because we had done this portable stuff. Um, and then like it was... Unreal. The I I like to joke that I have gotten gen, like generationally lucky twice. One with the the physical and escape, escape rooms in 2013, but our virtual stuff in 2020 um, exploded. Exploded, and we had a catalog to build on. And kind of to your point about like mistake, we at this point, if you hold a gun to my head and put a blindfold on, I can make a pretty good escape room in 10 seconds. Like this is wow. what we do. It's what you but with the virtual that. stuff, we had to like relearn a ton of stuff because what works in real life doesn't work at all online. And a lot of cool things that you can do online, you can't ever do in person. Yeah, in person. So we figured it out, but like COVID was a nightmare, of course. And it's super tragic for like a lot of societal reasons, of course. Yeah. And a lot of escape rooms out there are just, imploded and you know they 
struggled, but we actually thrived in a way that we are very lucky to have been in that position. Do you think that some of your previous experience as a fan of games and a software engineer helped with your ability to like make that pivot so quickly? Maybe, honestly, it was, it's, uh, it's always been our willingness to just try some shit and hope and be willing to like, that didn't work and just like, let's try something else. And like the video game thing, of course, helped. And uh, we were able to move more quickly because of that. And I knew, you know, uh, it's also a testament again to my co-founder for, you know, being able to like pick up some unity development real quick. And even though that's in my wheelhouse is whatever. Um, but yeah, none of this would happen if we didn't just try something dumb and just see how it goes and then go from there. And then go for, I mean, I mean, what a metaphor for life, right? Just like try the dumb thing, see what happens. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you know, I, uh, it, 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 often we look very stupid. Um, part of my success as a, as a, as a business person is my willingness in a meeting to be like, Hey, here's the world's dumbest question that I definitely should know. And I should pretend like I, I know, but like, I'm not, I'm going to be like, walk right into that trap. And like, that's really important both in life and for the success of our business at every step of the way. Oh yeah. I mean, that's the whole premise of this podcast is yeah, like, yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. What do we, what, like what why do we are we so concerned with looking cool that you actually don't know what's going on? Cause you're like, I don't want people to know. I don't know, but I definitely don't know. And now because I haven't asked, I'll never know. <laughs> yeah. And like, and, and it's people love, I mean, that's the whole thing. The whole energy is like, yeah, let me tell you about this thing that I know and that you don't know. Yeah, people, people love like it. sharing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's, it's so funny. The amount of times like, and, it became more obvious and more apparent when I started doing the podcast, but like the amount of times that I've gone, I have a stupid question and had the person enthusiastically like give me an answer, but not only that go, actually, that's a really good question. <laughs> and you're like, yeah. Oh, so sometimes the thing that you think is obvious is actually something that more people probably have asked or more people would like to ask. And I just think that's really great. Mm -hmm. uh, failing upward, I guess is the whole Sure. You know, failing just, forward, failing forward. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Taking the risk of looking dumb is the only way to get, you know? Yeah. You, if you, you if, if, if the viewers take away nothing from our conversation is just embrace it. Like yeah. we're all, we're all really dumb. And the more so we dumb. lean into it. Yeah. Yeah. But you can't get less dumb if you don't try. Well said. That's <laughs> actually the working title of my memoirs. Thank you for that. <laughs> Um, as far as the future of escape rooms, I know we briefly touched on it, but do you have any ideas or dreams or thoughts of things you would like to see for like the expansion of escape rooms? So, um, I got a subjective answer and an objective answer. Okay. Subjective for me, I, I just like the puzzles. I like solving the stuff and feeling smart. I have never played a room Personally, I've never played a room and be like, wow, what a what a moving story. What a touching narrative. <laughs> it's never happened once. Yeah. Be like, just shut up. Like, skip, skip. I mean, what's the next puzzle? That so like I <laughs> I like more puzzle focused stuff. But to the actual segue to the objective answer is you touched on this earlier, where from just a business perspective, for years and years, we make these things, me and my peers in the space, as universally uh, accessible as possible. We want everybody to have fun and everybody to come give us their money. And yeah. as a result, you get fairly standardized, normalized experiences, which mm -hmm. are, there's many, I've played hundreds, literally, I love them. But with every passing day, I hope to see, and I believe we are seeing 
more segmentation, more niche, more fragmentation, where you're going to have this game is for kids. This game is for dumbasses. This game is for story <laughs> lovers. This game is for puzzle lovers. And like, that's great. And yeah. like how you communicate that is a whole public education component. But what I truly think is going to be, and maybe this one's online, this one's in person, and this one's big, this one's small. This one's big budget, this one's small budget, is now that most people know what escape rooms are, by the way, to your earlier point, that used to be the first thing I would ask. It'd be like, do you guys know what an escape room is? And used to be everyone said no and now that's a joke everyone of course knows them. yeah as that increasingly permeates society we're going to see more specialized stuff and i'm really excited about it it's like people are like yeah i hate puzzles i'm really here for the story i can't wait to tell you this um uh i'm going to segue away from this you can rein me right back in a couple no, years ago i, I, I spoke at a um actually can we take a quick break and then let's do it you'll do the speaking or talk about your speaking at a thing <laughs> Okay, and we're back. Sorry, a couple of years ago you spoke at a thing. I wanted to just give that quick commercial break, but of course, no. I hope that everyone buys that product or service. I was on a panel discussion at the uh, Sundance Film Festival, and it was on the future of storytelling. Wow. And it was me and um, like a haunted house guy and uh, an immersive like the like immersive theater. Immerse, yes, thank you. That's oh, it's so word, funny because but... this is where my brain was going when you were talking about the stories. I was like, oh my God. Well, and this that's, needs that's... to be. Yeah. yeah. And the, the term, which I, I wouldn't say I'm trying to invent, but like it doesn't really exist as far as I can tell, is what I'm calling is asymmetrical storytelling. When you watch a movie in a crowded movie theater, you are seeing the exact same movie as every single other person there. Barbie. One billion humans saw the exact same movie and they have lots of different takes on it and different interpretations in their brain and like they loved it to differing degrees, but they all saw the same exact frames with the exact same content. I'm getting so excited about when you do uh, immersive theater or an escape room, every single person has a different experience. They're looking at different things. They're experiencing things at different times in different ways and frankly, only a part of the experience. And so like the future of like what escape rooms look like, I think really leans into, a, again, what I'm calling asymmetrical storytelling. And perhaps somebody in the comments is like, hey, dumbass, Professor so-and-so invented this 10 years ago, and this is what it's called. And I don't know <laughs> if there's a better term for this. Um, and it makes for some really exciting kind of what I call design space, but like storytelling modality for creative minds to you know, lean into unforgettable experiences, stuff like Sleep No More in, in uh, New York and and things like that that are just people talk about for the rest of their lives. And it's really, really exciting to be a part of that. Oh, wow. That, I mean, that sounds exciting to like just really lean into the, man, I have a friend I want to introduce you to because I think he's got um, some really good ideas about. Well, you're in, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, you're in Los Angeles, right? I'm in Los Angeles, yeah. You're ground zero. It, it is the... I was um I was in San Francisco for some years and like that's you could feel the tech just in the air just every single person oh, yeah. is inventing something that's going to change the world. LA that's what this is. It's just every single person is like, "Hey, I I don't have three nickels to rub together, but I am working in my head uh a story that's going to change the world." No, like yes. it will actually change. I'm not saying they have the great idea, but like it will actually mature into something that will will look back on and be like that came out of LA. Oh, I mean, god, I hope so. Let come give me some reason to still be here. Um <laughs> Yeah, no, I have a, a friend that I used to do some uh, live streaming projects with who is just a big video game lover, but he, he's worked in the video producing space for years. And we've we've just 
sat around and got high, frankly, and like talked about like we've invented board games out loud and never gone forward with them. Or like he's got these really great ideas for incorporating like VR in a, an immersive uh, oh yeah experience. And I didn't uh, even touch on that, but for sure, like that that opens up so I mean, much space too. Yeah, I'm curious to see like with you know with things like the you know meta universe or like how oculus works and in vr how that might like no and and this i'm gonna segue away we're gonna segue right back i um couldn't be more like self-satisfied with my professional success i just i'm so over the moon with how things have gone well thank you that you can celebrate that thank you but um (laughs) uh my old college roommate this motherfucker uh just casually invented a um a 3d sculpting uh vr thing called tilt brush which he just casually sold to google which is now casually used by billions of people it's like i will never be able to top this man and then you (laughs) you organically in this conversation without prompting just like brought up uh brought up his success so shout out to to patrick and tilt brush for haunting my success uh no matter where i go I brought you here to try to get to Patrick is the truth. No, <laughs> that's so, I mean, like, that's amazing that you were college roommates and you're both like crushing it. I mean, my college roommate works in HR and I'm a pre- professional clown who can't say the word professional apparently. So well, I, you're doing great. <laughs> well, well, thank you. But um, I, not, not to segue away, but like how we like found, I was on Facebook and I, I'm a, um, a big fan of, of comedy and stand up. And I get served reels on Facebook all the time. It's and, working. <laughs> and yeah, no, you're doing your job. I have no um, envy for the work that you do with the algorithm. But like I saw a bit that you did. I'm like, I want to be friends with this person. Like, well, I must know more about this person. Go to your Twitter, <laughs> find this thing. It's like, we must discuss these things. I, I'm so yes. happy that we're having this conversation. And so, yeah, no, you're killing it uh, much more than me or Patrick are because oh, we well. sold out. You're You're doing the dream. I mean, you know, I'm still doing the Facebook reels, so I'm on the verge of selling out. Yeah, <laughs> well said. Uh, just feeding the monster. But no, I, I, that was my hope with social media that I'm like, you just never know if I'm like, this post going to go into a void because sometimes they do. And oh. it's been really cool getting the, the responses I've gotten. But it also is funny that like, boy, did some people who really seem to not have anything to say reply to that and not to be rude, but Man, they really just didn't even highlight anything in their lives. I'm like, what this this isn't a census. What are we doing here? <laughs> and for those um, who don't know, I oh. uh in case anyone's not aware, which I'm sure I'll have said it by now in some episode, but I do pinned on all my social media profiles, have a survey uh form you can fill out if you are interested in me, I guess. So just putting a little shout out in there. Sorry, you were about to say something. No, I was I once saw an interview with Ethan Hawk, and I had never thought about this before. I'm sure you think about this frequently. And he says, I can never have another first impression. Every single person that I meet has a relationship with me, and I don't have a relationship with this person. And again, with the asymmetry, it's impossible for him to like like be balanced in in a in a in like that first thing. And obviously, you know, celebrities can form meaningful relationships, but like that's something that you got to deal with that I do not have envy about at all. Oh yeah. And that's a thing that I think me and all of my friends, we really think about, especially the more successful you, you get. Cause you know, things are, I've, I've on an uphill every year is better than the last. And it's finally starting to all the like pots are starting to boil and all those things, but like, congratulations. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I'm very grateful. You know, we'll see. It's a, it's a roller coaster. I know that's 
you know how you, success is up and uh, down. Not, not to interrupt your point, but to shower you with some praise. You've earned it. Like the amount of work that you like, <laughs> forget even like your content, like, like not to like diminish the, the material, don't forget but like my content, I'm just kidding. But like the, the, the effort for this kind of podcast, the, the social media presence, the business of the comedy, I get like, uh, my heart palpitates just even thinking about that kind of thing. Oh, and you, putting, you, you and your friends putting in the work every single day, like you earn the success. Thank you. That real, I really appreciate that. Cause it is like a lot of work. And I think that's the thing that happens for most people. I think the more like, you know, technology has grown and people have their independent podcast and talk more about their lives. It's becoming more accessible for people to know the behind the scenes, but that whole like overnight success after 10, 20 years, you know, where people just go, they just showed up and you're like, I've been working my ass off for so yeah, long. No, and, and like my least favorite thing about what I have done is the other stuff and the search engine optimization, Christ almighty. If I could just <laughs> never hear that ever again in my life. Huh. And I, I've had an organization around me to help tackle these challenges a lot of comedians is like here it's just me in the world and like my yeah, you're agent or agents and good luck to me and then it's you just got to do it and so yeah it's like off. a one-stop shop for sure yeah. oh thank you yeah and it is a weird thing the the relationship thing because like i mean all of my material has come from truth and there, sometimes you know there have been a, a few stories i have exaggerated a little on or like you know added a an extra dynamic but they all like stem from something real you know um which you know is some people allegedly fully just make shit up or take other people's stories from their lives like well you're not a comedian i'll tell that story but like uh it is interesting meeting people and that it always is in the back of my head of like wondering who they're expecting based on what they've seen on stage because it's not that it's not it is me on stage in fact it's probably the most like when I'm on stage and I'm really in, I guess, kind of like when my best sets, I feel like I'm in flow, which is a very like dorky woo woo thing. But no, I, I get it completely. I do public speaking and to a small degree. I understand. Yeah. You know, when you're just really present in the thing you love doing, it's just sort of, so it's not that it's uh, nothing's more upsetting than when someone's like, I love that character you do on stage. And I'm like, Oh, that is painfully. <laughs> that's dark. That's, that's yeah. Oh yeah. The character, but you know, it's, it's the the biggest most energetic version of myself and like and that's who people like oh that's who she is i yeah. can't wait to meet her and be like engage with that person and they don't know me from adam so there's like 17 things that are going on yeah and it's like oh i yeah i i left all my energy on stage i'm i'm not gonna go party with you i'm tired yeah <laughs> or just like people extrapolate one story and you know and it's great i like i i love the feeling of you know feeling like you know when people feel really connected because of something i think it's cool that we have that but it is funny that people i think forget that you don't know them at all that they're yeah no i and i honestly and i'm a pretty thoughtful guy and i think about a lot of uh introspective things but until i saw that ethan hawk interview I'm like oh my god that is i never thought of it in those terms and i'm quite sure if i walked up to ethan hawk i would immediately throw a line at him but that thinking about that now it's like no you just got to yeah. be some guy yeah and it's just like and even if I think even someone's like trying to like keep that in mind, you still have already formed this idea of who you think this person's going to be, which is just so funny. And it's an interesting, an interesting dynamic, but you know, it's kind of the, you know, 
comes with the territory just like yeah i don't know to to wit so um in uh preparation for our conversation today i downloaded a couple uh previous episodes of Ooh. your podcast um i listened to one from years ago with jeff or curie who um i, have I love jeff oh, yeah tickets? no i have tickets to him uh in december i'm really really excited to go see him uh oh my God. yes in in our pre-conversation, you were very thoughtful, be like, what what do you not want to talk about? And I was like, Well, I'm trying to be a businessman out here. So like if we could keep it like mostly PG 13. Yeah, that's gonna like, be how's important. the heroin? <laughs> yeah. And we're like, we'll talk about the heroin later. So I well, we have this conversation. <laughs> then I listened to the Jeff R. Curie episode. I don't know if you remember that, but like the No, um, but I need to listen to it because uh it's blowing up because he's blowing up. So now it's getting all these like everyone's listening to it. Yeah, so like there's 20 minutes of like some real like just right off the bat. It's like let's talk about anal for 20 minutes on <laughs> on your podcast. You're like, "Okay, well, I'm excited to talk to Jessica and like I I'm probably going to reference this moment which I've just done, but like super happy that like we were able to like keep that and I was the one able to bring that up." So, marvelous. It was the, that was my pre-relationship going in. Oh my god, I love that. And I feel like you couldn't have chosen Jeff's one of my like best friends in comedy and he's just no that's and i i would he's killing it on the algorithm with the crowd work and i yeah i actually like hit him up recently to be like do you do all your own clips can i talk to you about social media and then i never followed up he's like of course yeah call me anytime and then i haven't so i should do no and then i and i listened to a steph tolov episode (gasps) and you brought up the idea of like hey this is a really dumb idea going back to our earlier thing but like why can't we just go in on a part-time social media person that does this. And I'm in my car being like, this is the best idea I've ever heard. No, this was a year ago. You guys maybe are way ahead we, of me on this. We but... both have social media people now. We there did you it. go. I forgot Yay. about that. That's amazing. Ah, wow. Look at time. There you go. Yeah. And now for me, again, going to the, like, this was one week ago. I listened to this conversation that you had five years ago and that you had one year ago. And so this is all distorted. Like, yeah, oh, Nate, yeah I got a social it's... media person a year ago. What are you talking about? Yeah. Well, no. And that's so crazy too. Cause it's just like, and a fun thing I'm doing and now everyone hearing this will be like, yeah, this is like retroactive and they'll have already either listened or skipped it. But so I went on a hiatus with this podcast and I'm relaunching it in November. So I'm, this is all, I'm stocking up my episodes and going to do a big promo to be like, we're coming back and whatever. And I'm doing a top 40 at like re-release of episodes before we launch and uh, I'm really excited to like re-listen and like see who I was because it's like you're a different person. Like you're oh, for, yeah, five is a lot of years. I was in New York when I was interviewing Jeff, and I think I had just either was about to or had just helped him. Like we went shopping to pick out his outfit for his first late night TV appearance, and I was like, "You want me to help you? I dress like a drunk clown." But okay, it's um, the vibe. It's the vibe that he was going for, drunk clown. Yeah. I, oh yeah, and uh, it's also just so cool to see how successful he's been it's just so great to like watch your friends who you've thought are so funny for years and you see how hard they work to finally like get get places yeah a a, a five-year overnight success he also seems nice i again this is just like so nice that's wonderful that's glad to hear that's a hill i would die on is that like and you know i haven't met that many comedians who aren't nice there's a few that are Hmm. are notably just grumps but he is as nice as he seems. He's that's wonderful. Delightful. I miss him and I wish he lived in the same city as me. He's really one of my favorite people. That's um, awesome. 
Man, I'm so glad you're going to see him. It's you have good taste in comedy. And I'm really, I'm really excited. I'm, I don't go to a ton of, of stand up. I find the social pressure kind of weird. I don't know if I'm just uniquely strange in this way. Well, especially like, with the the more that I think some people are more excited about it because of the crowd work clips that are out, and some people see crowd work and they're like, "God, not me, please." I just want to. So, <laughs> yeah, no, this is a whole separate can of work. And, and by the way, we can get back to escape rooms anytime. I just love comedy, and like I don't often get to like talk. With we can talk comedians. about anything. I mean, whatever. Um, the uh when you are at a comedy show as a as a um audience member uh particularly when you're with there with friends for me in my broken brain there's this weird i hope that i am enjoying this at the exact same level as everybody else i don't want to be enjoying it more i don't want to be enjoying it less and that's because if so, I'll feel weird and in my own head and it'll diminish the whole thing. That's like, forget even the crowd work, just the pure like neurosis in my brain of like, of when like, I watch- uh, Am I reacting appropriately with everyone? No, I mean, that's honestly a real thing. And that's why like, that's the hard part about light crowds or like when a crowd has low energy, then it makes everyone else like afraid to laugh because sure. they don't. you don't want to laugh at the one dark joke and be like, oh, I'm the sick fuck in the whole crowd, uh, which is, it is a weird thing too. There's something I really think, you know, maybe it's psychological and just like these theories that comedians have about rooms. But I think that like the closer people sit together, the better they laugh. Like, there's I'm just, sure that's true. I've like never thought about that for contagious. one moment in my life. Yeah, and, no, I buy it. Yeah, and like, yeah, well, you don't want to, yeah, you, it's such a real thing. And it becomes a dynamic sometimes with um, like people on dates too of like, I don't want to laugh. Oh, at the oh my God. Can you imagine like a first date to a comedy show? I can think of like, I would rather jump off a bridge. Oh, I mean, it's, that's a real roll of the dice. I will say, I mean, I would love to know the amount of men who have gotten laid because I was funny from doing that. Like that. The You're doing the world of service, are Jessica. just like, oh, I, I really enjoyed myself. And then they look back and they're like, no, I liked the comedy. This man said nothing. <laughs> but no, I mean, because if you have fundamentally different senses of humor, that's, I mean, you know what, at least maybe if that's going to be like a deal breaker or someone's sense of humor, maybe it's good to just get it out of the way. That's true. Escape rooms, not for nothing as well. Like We have seen first date escape rooms go <sighs> um, like what? Do we need to call the police right now? This is some... oh yeah, because it's like you're trapped somewhere and realizing you cannot stand someone. Oh. And uh, even people that really can stand each other, like a side of them comes out that whenever somebody's underperforming or like you found that ten minutes ago and didn't say anything, yeah. Like my my beloved grandmother, I am going to put you in a home and yeah. like <laughs> like you, these are otherwise loving people. But yeah, so it's a it's a whole I, again That's with the so studies, I, the amount of um. I would say academic scholarship that really could be being performed all and around um, escape rooms is like, it's going to happen. And we'll look back and be like, I can't believe that that went unstudied for as long as it did or unrefined yeah. for as long as it did. Well, you know, it's like, oh, it would be an interesting case study. I don't even know if it's a case study. There's a part of me and maybe it's just like the sick, like, I think that as far as relating to someone or relationship, it's like, well, show me what's fucked up about you. So I know if I could stand that or not. Part of me is like an escape room sounds like a great date. Like this is a person who is maybe like stressed out and under pressure. Can you handle them in there? Like, but, yep. it, but it's like, well, should you have to on a first well, date? I don't know. No, here's in my mind immediately goes to this is business opportunity. Jessica, we bake that game. This is the first t date 
escape um, room like like it's a compression test of just have fun and be like accelerate to 10 dates and one date and you'll know right away if this is your person or not I mean, this is actually like a great idea for a room. I, I have never really thought about it that way. I mean, I thought about it from the bad sense, but yep, you're not wrong. Oh man, like a date escape where it's... Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and at the end you can choose but, yeah. to walk but, out a door Don't post together. this. I have to quickly take advantage of this business opportunity before <laughs> it gets out to the world. Do we need to cut this out? Or you have the option to leave through separate doors. <laughs> Oh my God, you are so talented. This and is, the, I'm just... and it's it's just like a no hard feelings. Oh um, yeah, you don't even have to use your words. What yeah. you just remove the conflict after the conflict and just yeah, that's and it's just understood that like I'm not ghosting you. This is the end of our courtship. Yeah, we're not a no fan. harm, no foul. That's why we came here in the first place. Yeah, I mean that's honestly kind of fun, and I feel like would make it easier to like laugh about a situation if you're like, well, we did our thing. Yeah. Um, Damn it. This is actually a really good idea. In order to get out of the room, like you have to demonstrate that you've deleted their number from your phone and then like the door unlocks (laughs) and then you get out. (laughs) And then you leave and you block the number as well. Mm -hmm. Um, That's, I mean, it's, I love it. It should at least be uh, the premise for a reality TV show, if nothing else. Oh my God. Just they keep coming. The hits. I'm pitching this. (laughs) <laughs> please please look me we're in. doing so, this of course yeah yeah we, we haven't talked about this i actually um have stepped away from puzzle break i am i'm the co-founder but i'm no longer the ceo so you're uh, just retired uh semi-retired as semi-retired. we're just, uh i don't really know what's next turns out i didn't i didn't know what was next until this conversation jessica turns <laughs> out it's getting involved in the production of this reality program uh with this date escape as we're calling it by the way this wait. is all there, I mean, they did the floor is lava was a show. Yeah. And no, this I'm is sorry. this is the, I'm like, like really like this is a show. Well, we're not like you might like you don't know me, but like this isn't a bit that I'm doing right now. Just because this is a very <laughs> solid idea that um yeah, in a world which um any viewer of this is like, I am a television executive. Let's get this going. You contact both Jessica and myself. Yes. We'll figure it out. We'll get it. Look, moving. I have a pitch meeting for unscripted tomorrow. I will just throw this idea out there and, and I'm let available let you know. to help produce. <laughs> yeah um you might be hearing from me um and if you're listening to this it already went through so you can't take it <laughs> yeah, the show's like, already happening ha, and it might yeah, be and like, by the time and it's this on out. it's on netflix for 1.5 seasons we got canceled but we got rich along the way yeah yeah unfortunately someone used a racial slur in the middle of the escape room and we didn't plan for that so we had to they, pull the plug they they listened to your podcast with jeff five years ago <laughs> and everyone has been canceled <laughs> um Man, do you have any um any aside from our hit TV series that's coming down the pipeline? Um, do you have any ideas of what you might want to do next? Um, well, it's difficult to over. So, like, I I really rose colored the the whole COVID thing. Like, yeah, we had online <laughs> games and it was great. We all got rich and it was amazing. Uh, we. There was emotional roller coaster um, as we brought back the in-person stuff. We're doing the virtual. We're doing portable. We're doing corporate team building. We're doing consumer stuff. I'm worrying about search engine optimization. I was ready <laughs> to explode. Like yeah. I've been doing it for ten years, and it was so hard. And you're burnt out. It, I was really burnt out. So right now we're like one month away from, or one month out from my uh, it, it, sabbatical. We'll call it. And so um, right now I'm very focused on a lot of video games. 
Jessica, and, uh, you know, just some travel. And, no, the idea of doing anything professionally right now sounds horrible. I really, truly never want to work ever again. However, um, it's been a month, and, like, it's hard to fill the hours, and it's going to, like, the, the urges grow. Uh, yeah, so I don't, I don't know. Something, at least, yeah. to, like, for the creative outlet or... No, um, my my desperate hope is that after this, you and I can become good friends, and as well as your your viewership, and like we just something reveals itself to me, uh, as like yep, no, and like datascape bit slash not bit, notwithstanding, I really don't know, but it was a real hard journey for ten years, and I'm pretty excited to take a little bit of a break. I mean, congratulations on getting to a point where you're able to take a break. You know, that's so hard for some people, are just waiting for that moment, and it's easy to be like. You just got to give it to yourself. But we live in a capitalist society where it's like, yeah, that's fun, but I have a house or whatever. So it's yeah, nice to get there's to a bills place where you can every pause. day. Yeah, it turns out uh, people never stop wanting your money. God help us. Um, Some, okay, we we have a few more minutes and I want to do like one more escape room question and then just some fun things from your survey or maybe not fun, but like interesting stuff. Sure. Um, Do you have a favorite escape room? Oh man, um, they're mine. Uh, like the <laughs> like the the cop out answer is mine. Um, we on um on Royal Caribbean ships, um, have a variety of rooms. Uh, some of them are permanent installations that are, um, like better than you will find in Disney. They are just true wow. like triumphs of everybody working. And we have a couple of Apollo games that we've recreated Mission Control from mm -hmm. Houston uh, in like 1969. Oh, I love um, this already. To the to like oh. um, with uh, surgical accuracy, and but like made a game of it, and it's got like the climax of this game is something that like it was so good that we have begun copying ourselves and just inserting this into other things. And so I would say our Apollo games on um they are on a couple of the i want to say oasis class ships on royal caribbean i'm afraid i couldn't tell you exactly which Damn ones it. But, i'm gonna have uh, to look into it because now i'm gonna have to go on a cruise just so i can do this yeah and, and like some some of our games are not full like to manage expectations some of them are incredible triumphs some of them are just little pop-up things you do at the bar but um i think the apollo game is our 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 I love this. Are you are you a big like astronomy fan like a big yeah i mean you got Oh, I didn't even the, look at that. No, my, I, I reckon my I, lighting I is terrible. Yeah, yeah it, it is a little. Don't worry, I'm going to take it up and post. Okay, thank but, you. It's just the song. Uh, um, I have one of those yeah. two from, I think I got it at Johnson Space Center, but I don't remember where. Um, yeah, I mean, it, honestly, um, that was that was Royal Caribbean. They're like, we're doing the 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 head of entertainment there is like, we're doing an Apollo game. And oh, we're like, great, that sounds so much fun. And uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I'm a nerd of all. Uh, there's nothing. There's nothing that you could say, are you a nerd about X? And the answer is yeah. So yeah, yeah. space is one of the many things. I love I really, this. Really like. um, and in your survey, two things. Um, you mentioned you have an autoimmune disorder that prevents you from drinking alcohol. What? First I suffer from I suffer from psoriasis. Sorry, psoriasis. you were cut off. Yeah. No, okay. And does alcohol like bring that out? Is that yeah, your like, uh, trigger? A, uh, among other unknown things. Psoriasis is a crazily unsolved problem. You go to the doctor and they're like, here's some salts and some, like, let's look here's at your chakras. a cream, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that like, you know, that some scientists said might work in the 70s. And like, it causes rheumatoid arthritis and all kinds of like- got. Oh, well, yeah, so you get it. So I'm and, with you, yeah. And like, I we're, I live in a time now where, um, where marijuana is like, it's like legal and, and super acceptable. 
and uh, does not trigger. You're in the future? When I'm uh, it's, it's, an, it's incredible over here in 2023. And so you go to the store, you pay a criminally low money for a marijuana product that is way better than booze in every single way. And it is like whenever people go out to bars, they'll step out and have a puff. And it's it's way better. If anyone's looking for life coach from Nate, it's marijuana's top of my list for, for things that's, to get around your psoriasis. That's so funny. And how... How long did it take you to figure out like, oh, alcohol? Like, did you just quit drinking alcohol and then it went away and it was just a coincidence? Or did you like find it as a means to like, what else can I try to do to get rid of the psoriasis? Um, well, I, I drank pretty infrequently. Um, okay. I, I was, you know, in college to be like, wow, it's Friday. Like, we're going to go crazy on Friday. Um, but like no other times. Just like there will be... Different- <laughs> well, yeah, well, I, it wasn't like it wasn't a steady stream of booze. It was yeah. like now because I went to a really hard college and like yeah. now it's a celebratory time. And it was pretty immediately. I didn't get I didn't develop psoriasis until I was in my 20s. Oh, so uh, it was like you started drinking and then like it appeared. I, I couldn't tell you if like what, what one followed the other, but it was pretty clear that like whenever on Fridays be like, oh, this thing that has started kind of happening is significant worse whenever um, oh. I have this booze. Uh, um, and so like there's stuff like with tomatoes and man, I eat trash. I just eat the worst diet. I have a terrible lifestyle. Booze is a very easy thing for me to cut out. It does a lot of work, but there's so much more that I could be doing. I'm not doing. And so I just whine about it in surveys. Oh yeah. No, I, I mean, I feel you on that. I just, for the 800th time in my life, restarted autoimmune protocol diet. Cause I'm like, well, so like no tomatoes, what you do? Yeah, like, it's, uh, it's like a strict paleo. It's like paleo. So like no grains, but also no tomatoes no sugar like no processed sugars no that's so uh, much nuts, fun good no for you eggs it's hell but we'll see uh you probably look fantastic I, I i've tried that stuff selectively and it does naturally follow that oh my god i do feel way better and look way better but life is miserable so there's a yeah but i but all the joy is gone because all i think about is pizza <laughs> um and then there was a a theme throughout your survey about uh no maybe it wasn't a theme i guess but you wrote it in, under the addiction thing i asked i asked everyone do you have any addictions because it's just like tell me what i don't remember at all when i wrote you this you wrote diet pepsi oh yeah and uh, i just want to know is that true and how why diet pepsi over diet coke um i'm so okay great well buckle up for another 45 minutes of conversation first of all <laughs> i've um owing to the trash diet of it all i've struggled with my weight my whole life and in college, um, I I was drinking, I, I don't know how many just sugared sodas relentlessly. And I couldn't tell you the catalyst, but I'm like, this is so many calories. It's just so many calories. And every, you know, forget the, the voodoo science of psoriasis. Every diet in the world is based on a caloric deficit. So it's yeah. like, I just, I'm just going to suck it up. I'm not going to drink water because I don't Cause like, frankly enjoy that's water. Disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty filthy. Thank you for appreciating it. Uh, so I switched to diet and it was gross, but I just grew used to it. And like I lost a ton of weight. Surprise, surprise. But then it became this thing where like I can't go to water because that's just a bridge too far for me. Yeah. And I'm not going to go back to regular Coke because I don't want to weigh 400 pounds. So I just drink diet sodas and I yeah. find diet Coke to be a little bit bitter. And oh. other than at, um, uh, again, famously, McDonald's has like the true platonic ideal of Coke products. Diet Coke oh. at McDonald's is truly fantastic. Oh yeah, it, it, I mean, from a fountain, forget it. Yeah, no, it's 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 spiritual. I, I yeah, get like I understand why people I are deeply religious. Whenever you about it, yeah, you're mm-hmm. like, this is I found God. 
Yeah. And it was a uh, dollar for any size for a while. Are they it's, still doing that? that frankly might be, it's, it's deeply confusing. <laughs> Tragically, I don't know if you've heard the tragic news, but the self-serve things at McDonald's, they're going away in a couple of years. And yeah. I'm like beginning to come to okay. terms with this. I'm hoping that enough viewers here, if you took away nothing from this podcast, number one is the don't afraid, don't be afraid to look stupid. Number two, write your local McDonald's congressperson and get them to keep this fountain soda. Demand anyway, that fountain sodas remain. Yeah, this is America, damn it. So anyway, uh, I like you know, when you go to the store, Diet Pepsi is like the right balance of this is not as bitter. Obviously, you know, it's just it's what I do instead of water because my willpower right there. I love that. All right. Uh, right here is a refrigerator. I've unplugged it so it doesn't make a ton of refrigerator noise um, for our podcast. But it is pretty full of Diet Pepsi right now, just Still so I have the immediate access. warm Diet Pepsi. <laughs> I'm going to play, yeah, yeah, there's nothing finer than a bottled warm Diet Pepsi on a wonderful evening in the autumn. <laughs> ah, all right. Well, I love that. I'm a Diet Coke girl myself, but I, I clearly like things bitter. Um, thank you for, thank you for coming on the podcast. Um, where can people find you if they, unless you don't and, want them to? Yeah, so normally I would do all the business shilling, uh, but like, I just say, find me on, I don't know, LinkedIn. That's that dumpster fire of a place or uh you know i'm on twitter i have about eight followers uh guy from tomorrow on twitter uh but yeah just linkedin come say hello i'm I, like i'm between stuff right now if anyone wants to make something cool all um, right well, after we're done with datascape uh, yeah after we'll datascape is ended then you guys can do your vis business ventures with nate but until then back off yeah, we have a we have a show to create we have an empire to build I this mean, is a whole this is a franchise this isn't just a thing it's going to be a big thing i'm very excited about this actually um it was wonderful talking to you i will connect with you on linkedin and wherever else and all the places and uh everyone go to your local escape room enjoy it yeah. and um yeah thanks for stopping by bye idiots thanks idiots that concludes this week's episode of Ignorance is Blessed. I hope you enjoyed the guest. Do you have follow-up thoughts, follow-up questions? Get in the Facebook group and start a conversation. Ignorance is hashtag blessed idiots on Facebook. You can search for it or find it on my Facebook page, facebook.com slash JMS comedy. There you can have a chat about this guest. You can ask about future guests. You, you can suggest future guests. I love it all. Please keep giving suggestions and keep asking questions because the more we ask, the more we learn, the more we know. And the more we know, the more we can look down on others who aren't as smart as we are. And isn't that the point? Thank you for listening. And thank you for being patient with my ignorance. See you soon, idiots.